0: The desire to be doing something all the time is definitely something that is core to who i am it's the same reason why i've injured myself so many times and now chronic injury it's easy to get swept up in the excitement of something or to get intensely focused on something until you you don't really know what the consequences or well until the consequences hit you and
1: I live for- And welcome to another episode of
2: Vicarious, a podcast that dives into the creative minds of me, Alex Scott, and me, Karen White, and anyone else who will talk to us.
1: And today, that person is Thad
2: Bailey Mai. Thad is a Vancouver-based trumpet player, composer, and educator. He has worked primarily as a jazz musician throughout his career, but has gradually pursued more creative involvement
1: in countless other genres of music. You can hear his horn arrangements on Fife Dog's posthumous hip-hop record, his string writing on Hourglass Zoo's latest rock album, and his trumpet playing on countless Vancouver-based collaborators' works, such as David Blake's Funhouse. Although he hasn't released a jazz album of his own yet, his impressionistic
2: music has recently taken a more significant role in his eclectic career, something that we will dive into Mm. later in this episode. But for now, welcome, Thad.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you. Thanks for, thanks, for thanks for having us. Having <laughs> us. Yeah, I was going to say thanks for being here. Thanks but, for being in your home. Yeah, listeners, this mm. is our first ever episode of Vicarious, not recorded in Alex's, my apartment. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Alex's really, apartment. Yes, I don't know why I was speaking only. in the third person. It's it's a new environment, you know, yeah, like everything's throwing, changed. They're everything, huh? Yeah. Mm. And crucially, no cats in this apartment, but there is a dog. Yes. Korea and Thad are, are looking after Korea's brother's dog.
0: Yeah, his but. name's Monty and he's he's something. He's
1: something, <laughs> something yeah. special. For honestly. now he is
2: sequestered in the other room, but you might hear little little footsteps abound if we're lucky in this in this episode. <laughs> One can hope. A little snort. We'll see. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, probably a lot of snorts actually.
2: <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, Bring we've been, on. we've already been warned about the farts, so hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: no, yeah, Kriya's confined in that room with Monty oh my right gosh, now, so they, that's, Oh, yeah, yeah. that's
2: yeah. like yeah. a... They might have to go out for a walk, like, if they get gassed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's
0: it's possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anything could happen, listener. Anything yeah. could happen It's a wild journey we're embarking on here.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... That can I put you on the spot and ask you what was one creative thing that you did this week? That's shaking his head now. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> no, so, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I'm, I'm happy to jump in, but I don't have much for you for this past week. I was unfortunately in bed for most of the week with a bit of a back injury but Mm -hmm. I can say that the week before I I was spending a lot of time cooking and that's that's kind of my creative outlet that's a a stress-free way of of stimulating my brain while also feeling like I'm doing something productive Mm -hmm. so I made a lot of pumpkin pie Nice. <laughs> right, Classic. And I, I tried to I tried to keep it like low sugar as well while not tasting bad.
1: Oh <laughs> so
2: part, yeah. how did you how did you what what kind of ratio did you find was the perfect amount of sugar that's not like as much as you'd normally use but doesn't just taste like pumpkin puree?
0: So I think the the key is getting a, a really good pumpkin puree that's already kind of sweet. And then I, I'm all aboard the the monk fruit oh, sweetener. Nice. Oh, so right. I just I, I feel like some people don't like it. Um, Never it, tried it. It's for me, it's really good. It tastes like sugar. Like really? maybe just a little bit different, but it's it's pretty darn close. So I just dump as much of that in as I want and it, it keeps it keeps it somewhat healthy. Oh nice. <laughs> tip. Yeah. Pro
1: tip. Somewhat healthy, so you can eat as many pumpkin pies as you want.
0: Yeah, you can have four pumpkin pies in <laughs> one week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and feel it's totally great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would do that anyway if I had four pumpkin pies. I mean, I, oh, I did. Karen, oh, wait. Actually, no, I did. Yeah. Karen does have four <laughs> pumpkin pies. They're just in the freezer. <laughs> okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe I spoke out of turn that I do I have. Yeah, I, 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 in fact, have four pumpkin pies and I did not eat them all in one week. But uh,
2: Listeners, if it wasn't abundantly clear, we are recording this the week after Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, I think. I, I hope everyone gathered that. So
2: Karen, was your creative thing of the week how to eat four pumpkin pies? <laughs> how to store four <laughs> pumpkin pies store. in my freezer, yeah.
1: which was already really full. No, my creative thing of the week was a a different one for me. I I did some coloring. Oh,
2: which mm. yeah, which i have like I can't remember did the last buy, time I did. You buy like a special coloring book? I bought a special.
1: One? coloring book because my cousin actually came out with a coloring book um, oh, last last week or so and it's a special one it's called the liquila coloring book we have indigenous heritage and mm. liquila is like a sister language to quaaquila which is what our band speaks and they've been like researching the language they've really learned it and they're also an artist so they thought it'd be a really cool way the, the liquila language is very endangered I think I think they said about 15 native speakers left so they're trying my cousin Mo Patrick Barr check them out they yeah took it upon themselves to make this coloring book to kind of share the language, so every animal is done in the kind of indigenous style, and then it has the name underneath, in Liquila and a QR code on the top, and you can scan it and hear the pronunciation of the word. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, Mm. it's super cool. So I got one of those, and I've been coloring in it, and it's been really cool. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) What's one of the animals that you've colored so far? Um, Well, there is a cat in there, and the cat is Boosie, so... Boosie. Yeah. We call, I call my cats the Boosie boys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. That one I already knew. That one. <laughs> you always got to know the cat, yeah. <laughs> the cat name for everything. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's been really, really cool. It will, you know, also be my creative recommendation of the week. You can find the book on Amazon. Um, my cousin actually lives in Australia, but it's available on the Australian, Australian, Amazon, and Canadian nice.
2: as And well. listeners, check out the show notes. We'll link it below with the name yes. and, and Mo's author name
1: in case mm-hmm. you didn't
2: remember it just from hearing it.
1: Yes. Yeah. We will yeah. link everything below. Please check it out. It's really, really cool.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. What about you, Alex? So I mentioned in a previous episode, I believe our last episode with Madeline, uh, my creative thing of the week was that I... Did a kind of a, an improvised set with a couple of dancers, and actually performed performed those improvised pieces with Korea. If uh, the listeners didn't put it together, Korea and Thad are partners and we're.
0: We just like yeah. knowingly and, look
2: at that every yeah. time we mention Korea.
0: Yeah.
2: You, know, you know them. And I do. Currently well. sat right beside Korea's bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Korea was playing bass, I was playing synth, and then Alana and Kaylee were dancing. And this was for the sample show that Alana Yee, former guest of the pod. Friend, in the
1: pod, Alana friend of the
2: pod, Alana Episode 8, season 1. If nice. you haven't listened, To it. So we performed at their host show and it was really fun. It was definitely something different for me playing just synth, not on my own, obviously, because Korea was playing with me, but not playing in a traditional band setting, not singing as well, like just Mm. playing an instrument. That's not usually a role that I play (laughs) often. Usually I'm performing my own songs. So yeah, it was really cool and something that came up for me while I was playing and I think this is really something I'm going to need to practice if I do more improvising was I had a moment of feeling really insecure and self-conscious because I was just doing some out there stuff and it was feeling pretty chaotic and I had to just nix those thoughts and and just Mm. kind of tell myself nope commit commit to it commit to it you're in it you're You're in in it it. yeah it's gonna be so much so much worse for you and for the audience if you don't Mm -hmm. just fully commit to it and just be here and keep coming back to it you know like don't get lost in in your own thoughts like interact watch the dancers Communicate with Korea at least as much as you can from across the room, mm-hmm. <laughs> just visually. Oh, wow! Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was definitely a mental challenge, and and a good reminder for me to to just not let that self doubt sabotage the yeah. experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially with improvised music, that's that's incredibly tough because you have like an infinite amount of choices. What you with what you could do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and if it feels like you're kind of not making the right choices, like the choices that yeah. you're making are are yeah just maybe not what you were hoping for or it's not feeling as easy as you want it to and there's a, all of these people watching it's one thing mm-hmm. when you're just in a rehearsal I, I don't think I had anticipated the nerves that I would be feeling because in the rehearsals it was fun it was play and then having an audience really elevated the pressure so yeah, yeah I bet. just reacting to that it was it was a good it was a good kind of I don't know it was a good situation to make me a little uncomfortable because I don't, I definitely Mm. get nerves when I'm singing, but that
1: was a different experience for me Mm. that I haven't felt for a while, so. Right, yeah, Yeah. and it, yeah, I mean, it's nothing like a good push, you know, where you, where you can't stop. You just have to, yeah, have to make that choice out of those infinite possibilities and then just roll with it and. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, just, there's no time to, to question if you're choosing the right thing. You just, yeah. This is what I am. This is the path I have entered, and now I am (laughs) going down it. Yeah,
2: and like just being able to continue to make choices, because as soon as you're thinking about the choices that you're making, you're not in it anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, fun. (laughs) So,
2: Thad, what role does creativity play in your life right now?
0: So, right now, I'm going to say that I'm in a recovery period where. I'm actually trying to force myself to take a break from being incredibly creative. Which (laughs) Uh, I'm
1: guessing is really hard for you.
0: uh, I mean, it's, it's hard in some ways, but it's also going to be hard to get back into it Mm -hmm. in, in other ways. But I'd say I've, I'm quite happy with how non-creative I've been in the past few weeks. Okay. Um, Which, and I'm not being facetious. I'm like (laughs) trying to not sit down and force myself to to make anything, Mm. Um, because I I think I've found that I've I've tended to push myself a little bit too hard trying to produce content or trying to compose music or or even just you know getting a bit of FOMO and I've basically been. Accepting the fact that it's okay to not be always making something. And I actually think that's a really, Im- well, crucial part of the creative process is being able to put it down <laughs> for a period of time. So mm. that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Nice. But I, I definitely plan on, on getting back into things probably within a week or two.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, this break is relatively short would you say and
0: yeah like a few months and it's definitely coming to an end
2: okay mm. and so what prompted you to take that conscious break
0: so i had composed uh, an orchestral suite i think it's either three or four months ago i finally finished it and it took like everything out of me to make it and i felt really happy with it it was it was great but i i Felt like I needed to reclaim a little bit of my my life from it, so I I just decided yeah I I'm gonna just accept the fact that I'm not gonna write anything for anywhere from a month to a few months and just be okay with existing as someone who isn't constantly producing something.
2: Is this the uh, first time that you've taken and I'm gonna call it an active break, like a conscious break? Yeah. From, yeah.
0: Yeah. It it is. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah, I have taken lots of breaks in the past, but they've usually been unintentional or even like kind of against my will. I have taken time off and I really, really don't want to take time off. Whereas this was as I was working on this last orchestral piece. I was thinking about how I would take a break at the end of it and actually put things down for a bit and looking forward to it.
1: okay. So, that's
0: good. Yeah, exactly. So it it was one of those things where I, I knew I, I just needed it for mm-hmm. my physical and mental health and
1: And you were ready for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> beyond was, beyond ready for it, but
0: I was incredibly ready for it and it's it's been oh, great.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. It's so hard to break that like flow. State, right like it, you, you build that momentum of creating and then it kind of feeds into itself, right mm-hmm. So if you take a break, there's that fear there sometimes of you know fomo, like missing yeah. out on something or having having a harder time getting back into it maybe and yeah it, it can be really hard to to acknowledge that no that you need a break and it is actually beneficial for your mind and for your you know well-being. Mm-hmm. To allow yourself some time to, I'm saying this as someone who's taking a prolonged break (laughs) and has been talking about it all season, so (laughs) it's more for myself than anything, (laughs) but, you know, just allowing that be part of the process, the kind of full circle of it all, rather than just churning out content and forcing yourself to be in that constant state of production
0: Totally, yeah. I I feel like it's quite easy to actually start well, if if you don't accept that taking a break can be quite healthy and helpful, it, it's easy to find yourself spiraling. Mm-hmm. And find yourself in a situation where you're you're really doing harm to yourself. Totally. Um and at the end of the day, I I don't know if that's actually gonna even result in you making things that are worth making if if you're really just grinding yourself to uh a pulp doing right, it right yeah
1: like art you know i i view art as kind of a reflection of the human experience mm. but if your human experience is just like churning out art you're not really <laughs> experiencing much else to like draw from right that can be the case
0: oh for sure yeah I gotta gotta live your life a little bit in mm-hmm. order to express yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: definitely. And so you had mentioned that prior to this conscious break, you have been forced to take breaks. <laughs> and I'm wondering if this conscious break is from past experience, like mm. knowing that you could have the tendency to run yourself to the ground potentially. Um, is Is that true?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I've definitely been a kind of person that will ignore uh, a problem until it becomes really bad. So I've, I've had that in the past where I've, you know, even just something as simple as posture and making Posture's sure there's a
2: huge well. one like yeah it it sounds simple but i don't know any well i'm yeah it, uh, that's something that i'm thinking about a lot because i'm like oh my neck oh my god like i'm getting worried about it but <laughs> everything's it's,
1: starting you're starting to feel everything you're not you know, yeah you're not yeah just bouncing back but sorry to
2: interrupt yeah. you yeah something as simple as posture but continue
0: well totally i'm i'm right with you on that it's it's one of those things where as soon as you can feel it, it's maybe a little bit too late. Right.
2: And that can be scary. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. So I've, I've definitely found myself doing that where I've, I've just been sitting on the couch for like eight hours straight without getting up and just completely uh, transfixed on what I'm doing. And then, you know, Korea will come out and be like, Hey, Thad, you're, like a complete circle right
2: now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Um, it's
2: good to have a partner who's uh Mm. or or anyone to to kind of break you from that spell of of being totally enraptured in what you're doing it's amazing that you can have that focus and your work definitely shows that it well not only like extreme hard work but talent and Creative vision, etc. But yeah, it's it it can be not without its uh, consequences, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so something like writing for orchestra. And did you say it was a three?
0: Yeah, a three part suite. So th- three three pieces. that are about like two to three minutes long each. And is that yeah. the
2: three? Is that the the one about birds or inspired yeah. by birds? Okay. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, I, I listened to that today, and I found it incredibly. Especially the first movement, I think it really felt very cinematic. Like it, mm. it felt like it could definitely be in a soundtrack of some kind. For for those of us who have never written for orchestra, <laughs> which I imagine could be many, <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about what sparked that interest for you and, and how you developed that type of composing for yourself?
0: I think what sparked my interest was mostly just the fact that I really like listening to it that that'd probably be about 90% because my mom would put it on usually. And of course, I, I feel like indirectly, we all do just because of movies and well, even commercials or just pop culture in general, orchestral music is just in everything. But I was definitely exposed to quite a bit of it growing up. And because of that, it was something that was not directly related to me studying jazz music at school. It was something I could just be distanced from in, in that sense. Or maybe a better way of putting it is it was something a bit more personal to me compared to uh, the academic study of jazz and right. you know, all the stress associated with that. But yeah, I, it was it was a pretty crucial part of growing up.
2: Okay, that's so interesting that you said that, it's, um, that it was more personal to you because mm. I, I just wouldn't have assumed that just because of, I, and I guess trumpet, I, I, I was, I, I'm my mind is blanking here for a second. I was <laughs> like, I guess trumpet is part of orchestral music. Yeah. But in terms of like a lot of the playing that that you do is or, or have done in terms of what we have been exposed to has been all <laughs> jazz. Yeah. And growing up with a father who is also a trumpeter, I would assume that like, mm jazz and like specifically like playing trumpet would be kind of the most personal so hmm. but but can you go into that a little bit like how maybe orchestral music feels more personal to you or what you mean by that
0: that's kind of well now that i've said it, it's kind of hard to explain <laughs> that's okay um, because yeah trumpet and jazz music is incredibly personal to me but it's also something that i've been doing for work for a long time and it is something that I, well, you know, jumped through a lot of hoops through to, to try to improve at. Whereas orchestral music is something I would listen to just by myself, going for walks, just in my own spare time when I wanted a break from jazz music. It, w- it would be something to kind of help me just change the, change the vibe, change the atmosphere of what I was, was uh, in throughout university and I guess before that too. But yeah, I, in terms of why else it could be personal, I, I just say um, having heard a lot of it in my childhood and having just my mom put it on in the background all the all the time on, on weekends, you know, when we would just hang out during the day, it uh, was something that I, I never was really like deeply like analyzing or, or really trying to think hard about or decipher it. It was just more of like a, a an emotional experience, more of like a visceral experience rather than something that involved thinking a lot about. And would you
2: say jazz was that for you, like more thinking and kind of analyzing?
0: Yeah, at least at first it was, uh, like going through like jazz band in high school and, and trying to learn how to improvise and not suck at it. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and just, you know, trying to play the trumpet too and, and not suck at that as well. Um, There's a lot of thinking, a lot of stress that went with that before I started really enjoying it on a personal level. Yeah.
2: So just diving right into your relationship with your dad and like playing an instrument that your father <laughs> also plays. Did you ever want to or when did you start playing trumpet? And and did you ever consider, like, or did you ever feel like, oh, I don't want to do this because he's doing this? Or did you ever, like, try other instruments? Or how did that mm. dynamic work out?
0: So I, I think I was a bit of a, a passive student when I was, I guess, about 10 years old when I first started playing, 9, 10 years old. I wasn't incredibly inspired by music in general just because I'd been so... I guess exposed to an unromanticized version of it, mm-hmm. seeing seeing my dad work as a musician, it looked like really hard work. There, there's and know, it as is. we all know, it, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it looked like it because it is. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I I didn't really have I, I definitely wasn't viewing music through uh, rose-colored glasses, and and definitely not trumpet through that either, because I, I saw how hard he had to work at that too to just play the instrument. Uh, It took hours every day of him practicing and it just grew up with that. So when he handed me a trumpet, I was really thrilled. Uh, I was really excited to learn it, but I also knew what it would take to actually play it well.
1: You didn't have any misgivings about what it would be like to get into
0: yeah. Exactly. So I actually wanted to play saxophone. <laughs> um, first I, I was really interested in that, but then trumpet was it was kinda like that was that was the choice. And
2: why was that the choice? Just because like you had you had trumpets available to yeah. you, you well, had, had someone to teach you. It mm. yeah, it
0: just made more sense, I think, for, for me to take that. And and like I said, I was I was pretty passive about it. I wasn't super
2: You weren't feeling super rebellious against no. your dad and like no, Dad.
1: I'm learning the drone. Person. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, definitely not. I, I was definitely just like, oh yeah, that seems cool. Sure, I'll do that. Yeah, I'd. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. That's a
2: healthy mindset. <laughs> to have. Yeah. The reason why I was kind of going into that is because often, in these conversations, we've asked uh, our guests if they've had kind of support creatively from their parents growing Mm -hmm. up how they were creatively nurtured and you're the first guest to our knowledge whose parent is also a musician or or whatever it is you know like that they are participating in the same craft and your dad is like Mm. you know also very well known especially in vancouver is also a composer and just what what that's like as a dynamic because it's something that karen and i don't don't have experience with so
0: well, I think with with my dad he he definitely was strategic about making sure that music was something that I would enjoy and he was really thoughtful with how he got me into it because he, he totally could have just pushed me a little too hard to the point where I, I wouldn't have wanted to do it and he, he didn't do that, but he also did push me hard in a lot of ways so that I, I would, you know, not procrastinate and Actually, try to try to learn how to play the instrument properly.
2: So, so, can you go into that balance of like what what? How do you perceive him not pushing you and then also pushing you in certain ways? Mm. Like how does that show up?
0: So he didn't teach me, or, or well, maybe he did, but just very minimal theory. And okay. when it came to reading music, that kind of stuff, he was very hands off. He would just let me do whatever I want, but he. Also was quite strict about my technique on, mm. well, on trumpet in particular and, and piano too. He would just make sure that I was doing certain things very properly and and would not let me not do it properly. Mm. So could be he could be pretty strict with that stuff. But when it came to what kind of music I listened to, even stuff that he wouldn't like at all, like I had a Linkin Park phase <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> All that, all that kind of 90s child stuff. Yeah, um, of course. We
1: all, yeah, we'll all have to go through that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he was very open with that. He was super encouraging with me developing my ear and not using theory or even, even reading. <laughs> that kind of stuff as, as learning music. And he really encouraged me just messing around. For instance, when he was teaching me improvising, he didn't even not until I was older didn't even bother like going over like what chord symbols really meant or or you know what modes to play or even what notes constituted a a mode of a certain scale it was just purely like hey try to create this kind of vibe that I'm creating it was hands on enough to make sure that I could yeah play the trumpet and breathe properly and Mm -hmm. uh you know, not do anything weird with my face while I'm playing and get my hands on the horn properly. But then everything else, creatively speaking, when it came to playing the trumpet, was very hands off and just do whatever you want. But maybe just a nudge here and there with a, a hint at, oh, maybe if you do this, this might sound just a little bit better.
1: Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's that's impressive, honestly, that your dad knew or maybe like intuitively knew how to, stri- how to strike that balance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I think I see a lot of in my students, parents who kind of go either way with it, either they're not invested at all. And they're telling me that their six year old child is not practicing and they don't understand why when <laughs> they, they haven't like sat them down and like tried to get them to practice. Or you have the parent that's you know focusing on what they're playing and and how often they're practicing down to the you know down to the second and they're just they're very overbearing and mm. not giving the kid any room to explore right so yeah that's that's incredible that's such an invaluable tool I'm sure for you to have had that
0: yeah I, I definitely realized that 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 was a huge privilege and it would be pretty unlikely that I'd be in music if I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, uh, well, I, I feel like with most kids, you really do need to nurture them um, in order to get them to follow through with something that they, they might enjoy, right, mm. um, yeah.
1: But I can imagine it's hard as a parent to know just how, like how much is nurturing v- versus pushing
0: it's a balance. Yeah. It's a balancing act. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that must be very tough. I maybe it comes more naturally to some than others, but I see it going the wrong way a lot.
2: (laughs) So one thing that I found kind of interesting is you, uh, said that your dad didn't focus on having, or, or, or didn't push you super hard in terms of like theory and and reading Mm -hmm. music. And Crucially, reading music is very important in composing, or like knowing how to, (laughs) reading is important to know how to write, basically. So when did that come, was that happening more for you just on your own or like through school band and stuff like that? Like the reading kind of came as you were, as you already knew how to play kind of thing or?
0: Yeah, it, it. Reading was something that has always been kind of slow to me uh, it's not a, a strength and uh, still not a strength <laughs> so how does um,
2: that how, how, how do you end up I, I'm just wondering in terms of like composing how that how that works
0: yeah i I guess when it comes to uh, reading it's, yeah it's always been a weakness of mine because it's it's never been a priority, but I don't think that necessarily is just because of like let's say a literacy problem with music but it's more so a reaction time problem mm-hmm. that i have that of course i i i think i can work on it if i really wanted to but i
1: it doesn't seem like you really need to <laughs> it's
0: well sometimes oh, okay sometimes yeah. you know some
1: you feel the feel the gap feel well, <laughs>
0: especially you know like having to cram music for a gig or something and it's nice. like oh i really have neglected the skill <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I I think in terms of yeah reaction time, it can be a, something that I need to work on. But in terms of hearing something and then putting it on paper, I feel like that's almost like a completely different skill. Oh, okay. I, maybe for me, uh, it's kind of funny though or ironic because I, with, when I teach my students reading, I actually get them transcribing too, and I notice it helps a lot with their reading skill. Whereas for me, it's kind of less beneficial, I've I found, maybe because there's another another holdup that I have with my reading compared to writing. Um, but I think, yeah, for some people, it seems like it's a, a two-way street. You, you mm-hmm. improve one, the other gets better. And right. for me, uh, I don't know why it hasn't been that they're way. Not yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're
1: not intersecting streets. Yeah. not, yeah, they're just yeah. completely I, separate.
0: So, yeah, transcribing is something I've worked on quite a bit. But reading is just yeah it's it's there it's it's getting Same. there slowly but surely <laughs> yeah.
1: ongoing process so
2: I guess the question is is sort of it's it's more or less no <laughs> like the, yeah. the I guess the sort of slight I don't want to say deficit but like uh, slower start with reading hasn't impacted the way you compose or being able to compose in general or being able to like realize your ideas on a score as opposed to just like in your head.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's it's impacted it so much at least.
2: Well, yeah. I know something that's really interesting and correct me if I'm remembering this wrong, but I know that something that you and Kriya bonded over really early on was how you both compose Mm. because it is quite uh, well I was going to say it's quite unique it's very unique to to my experience I don't know a lot of other people who do this but composing in your head (laughs) can you go into that a little bit yeah
0: for sure so I try to get as much done uh, composing work without actually using any material objects any instruments or notation I try to do that as much as possible For me, it it creates more of an authentic sound for what I'm envisioning when when I create a piece. I usually have an impression or a feeling in mind that I'm trying to evoke from that piece. And every time I sit down at an instrument or sit down with a pen and paper, having not really flushed it out yet, I dilute it. A bit and that idea kind of fades away so if i can do as much of that in my head as i can before i sit down and actually write it out then it ends up being as close to my the the original vibe that i was envisioning vision, yeah yeah
2: and, and using the word vision while we're speaking about music and and composing when you say you're doing it in your head is this mostly an auditory experience or are you also seeing the music in your head
0: almost entirely auditory yeah, I, it's a lot of just trying to play back an idea, like oh. play and rewind. Uh,
1: yeah, my question is, how do you remember? <laughs> how do you remember the overarching? You know, from start. I mean, do you from start to finish? Have that's the a, biggest challenge. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest challenge. And that's it's, what I would be scared of, if you know, to to take that uh, mm-hmm. approach. It's just, yeah. I, my memory is just terrible. <laughs> oh, mine
0: is mine is horrible. I have mm-hmm. a terrible memory. Really? So, well, it's, that's why I have to hit that mental rewind button so many times so that I can remember it and I'll just keep repeating an idea in my head until there's no way I can forget it. Wow. Um, and then try to add on to it and see where that goes next. So it's, it's kind of like a, an internal process of trial and error until I, I'm happy with it
1: that that's really impressive and that seems like a good being so ingrained with the start of the piece knowing exactly you know having that strong memory of like what it is I'm sure helps to navigate through to the next part like when you are adding stuff on rather than just kind of segmenting it and then trying to like maybe get it to fit you know like if you have Mm. that really strong idea of where you've started and you're vibe or your feeling that you're you know that you're trying to evoke
0: yeah when when it works <laughs> when, yeah <laughs> when things when things are working out well and, and they mm-hmm. definitely don't always do then i'd say best case scenario this method uh that i've i don't always do this method by the way of composing but this method when it does work it it feels like i can produce some of the stuff i'm happiest with usually but it, it also is pretty um I'm not going to say it It always works right it's not it's not like a hundred percent uh like every composition I've written has has been done this way but some of my favorite ones have been and yeah it's what else was I going to say about that well I have another quick question <laughs> yeah.
2: how much are you playing in your head is it usually a melody or are you hearing like the or literally the orchestration of it
0: It could be any number of things Uh, i usually start out with a melody and with uh, a timbre that i like so that yeah just narrowing that down to like a certain instrument would be enough and then then i just try to step back and just let it play without thinking about it and just see what happens and sometimes that it yields something that is uh that could be like an entire orchestral sound it could it could be uh, like a really rough impression of some orchestral textures, but then like a really clear melodic idea from like a different section. Or let's say if I was writing like a, a jazz quartet piece, it could, it could be maybe a certain background thing that is really flexible. Uh, like there's a number of uh, different, ideas that I could use that would be compatible with an idea but then like one particular thing will highlight itself and I will want to just use let's say a certain melodic idea on one instrument at a given time if that makes sense (laughs) yeah
1: I mean that's so insane to me and it's so insanely impressive that you can get that far
0: well it it doesn't always work. <laughs>
1: sure, but, <laughs> but I mean yeah. that it's true of anyone's yeah. right, I mean, anyone's writing process. You know, it, yeah, not, it, nothing works a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. We're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall <laughs> and seeing what sticks, right?
0: Totally, yeah. And that's—I feel like honestly—if I could summarize my whole process,
1: <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs>
0: that is the majority of it: just seeing what sticks. Yeah, and, uh, like throwing out ninety-nine percent of. <laughs> of the things that come up.
2: And some of that has stuck with the internet. <laughs> you've got uh, 55,000 likes on your piece, A Sketch in G for Orchestra on YouTube.
0: Oh, yeah. And
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can't believe that happened. Yeah. That's so
2: cool. Do you want to go into that a little bit about like posting your pieces online and and just mm-hmm. the reception yeah. that you've gotten on YouTube or just on social media in general?
0: Yeah. So I think... When I started with that, it I didn't really start from a healthy place. Okay, go um, into that. <laughs> yeah, with well, Instagram in particular, there's just this real built-in uh, need to try to create stuff and and post stuff. And as a musician, I think we, well, at least I can speak for myself. It I feel the sense of I I need to you know stay relevant, stay. On top, top
2: of people's brains, too, like stay in their feeds,
0: yeah, or else you know things like gig opportunities, grant funding, um yeah. like things just,
1: move so fast too, right you yeah. you know you might feel like you're on top of those things, or you're but it can change so quickly if you're not constantly totally considering that
0: so yeah i I think initially me posting my creative uh creative little sketches here and there. Came as me, especially during the pandemic, wanting to feel like, hey, I'm still here, I'm still making <laughs> stuff. Please hire me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> don't forget <Right>. me. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that I'm I'm still doing stuff. But then it it slowly turned into a, a like, oh, this is actually really satisfying to do, even with that in mind. I am still it's still kind of fun just making something. So then when I um, started sharing on on YouTube, I didn't really have too much of an expectation about people like actually listening to creative art music with synthesized instruments um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting a whole lot of reception but I think it just hit the algorithm at the right time and uh, I got kind of lucky with that
1: yeah, yeah. it does take a certain amount of luck but also you know skill and like you said just being re- like staying relevant and just putting putting the stuff out right and
0: yeah. Keeping yeah. it going. Well, we'll see uh, if I can get paid in something other than likes <laughs> at some point.
2: <laughs> well, but. I mean, yeah. obviously, like the hard work has paid off because you recently found out that you are accepted into a program called the Jean Coutard Readings and Mentor- Mentorship Program. And for our listeners, that is a program that gives emerging BC composers the opportunity to develop their orchestral writing with the VSO and like with a professional orchestra. So how did that come about?
0: So I actually uh, was um, aware about these readings because of a colleague of all of ours, Wiley Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Um, hey. he, he was part of that program last year. Oh, and nice. And Kri- Kriya knows Wiley pretty well, actually. Yeah, they
2: play in, in Wiley's group, right? Yeah, playing or- cheese pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, so we actually went and, and saw the last year's readings of there's five other composers and Wiley that had their pieces played by the VSO and it just looked so fun and amazing and just like totally out of this world just watching Wiley's pieces get realized by like a really ridiculously good symphony mm. um, so I, I just thought hey why not just submit a score see what they think and yeah it I'm just kind of we liked it I'm kind of shocked, but I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really stoked and a little nervous. And this is
2: like that, brand yeah. new, well, pretty much brand new news to you. Like you just found out this past week. So congratulations.
1: Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That's going to be exciting. The uh, Sibelius, you know, sounds fine. It sounds nice. It's <laughs> still your work shines through. <laughs> but there's, yeah, this will definitely be an amazing envisioning of your mm-hmm. of your work.
0: Yeah, real humans are uh, are definitely going to play a bit better. It's going to hit
2: a little different, I think, with the the symphony orchestra. (laughs) They they might
0: have more to say about what I've written, though. Oh, (laughs) fair. (laughs) A little more
2: feedback. That's Mm -hmm. fair. And is the piece that you submitted something that people can listen to? Is it one that you've posted? Yeah, Yeah, yeah,
0: it's actually the... Three Pieces of Music for Birds. Okay, and
2: that currently that's your latest posting on Instagram, so we'll link it below if people can go
1: check it out. That's the one Mm -hmm. that I was listening to. Now that you've been accepted into this program, at the end of this kind of creative rest period, do you feel like that was kind of serendipitous timing of you just kind of decided to get back into the creative flow after this piece (laughs) knocked, knocked you out? And then that was the piece that got you into this.
0: It. I'm going to say it's interesting timing. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to finding out what they want me to do in this program. Right. Because um, I actually don't know if they're going to want me to compose something new altogether.
1: Mm, right.
0: Or if I can use something I've already written to go through the program. So, but
2: How long is the program?
0: It's going to be like oh like half a year i oh, think okay so it's gonna be stretched oh. out
2: quite a long process mm-hmm. then yeah i could
0: be i could be wrong honestly but it it is at least several months okay long. yeah and i'll get to study with a composer from europe <clears throat> excuse me called edward top oh cool as well as the the conductor conductor Tosk or maestro Tosk. Of the symphony and and the symphony itself. Well, I think I'll get to sit and attend quite a few readings and workshops with them. Wow! Along with the other five composers that were selected for the program. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in finding out more, but I I'm still sad. early days. Still early, so I, I've yet to find out, and I've yet to send Wiley a message about what's, <laughs> what <laughs> what it was like. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. What to expect?
2: Yeah, you've got someone to kind of touch base with and give you. Mm. A bit of the lay of the land, as it were.
0: Yeah, yeah. Give me a heads up about anything I should uh, stand my toes about. Yeah,
2: mm. well, that's kind of yeah. nice. To have a man on the inside. A bit.
0: Yeah, it is.
2: <laughs> so, something that you've been dealing with for a, a while now, I know that, like, I think it was last summer was particularly bad, like with chronic injury mm-hmm. directly related to playing music, right? Yeah. Or, or, and potentially composing. I'm not sure. I know that it affected both. Can we talk a little bit about chronic injury and how that affects your creative process and how you dealt with the challenges of that?
0: Yeah, so the injury that I've dealt with is nerve compression and nerve damage in my in my limbs, mostly affecting my fingers. Right, which um, is
2: pretty fucking hard when you're playing a trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Like it's pretty specifically important. fingers. I yeah, mean any yeah. instrument really, but
0: it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, it it really sucks. And because of it, I have had to give up playing piano for the time being and
2: And that's been for a while now, right? Like you haven't played piano for quite a while now.
0: 2021 was when wow. I it's when I last years. was actually able to practice it. Mm-hmm. I can still like dabble here and there for like, you know, playing some chords when I'm doing ear training with my students and right. stuff like that. I can I can do a bit of that and it doesn't doesn't really bug me uh, if I you know, don't exceed like five minutes of playing.
2: Wow, that's, yeah, that's not a lot. And when you're yeah. teaching that's, yeah, that's really can be challenging.
0: It is, yeah. So it's, it's definitely caused me to change uh, how I write a bit. I used to, well, I, I try to compose as much as I can away from an instrument in the past anyway, which was-
2: That's a um, so blessing that, you, that you'd already <laughs> developed that skill.
0: Yeah, I, I have had to really lean into that lately, because I also would write a lot at the piano, too. And just even just uh, improvising and until, you know, uh, come up with an idea that I like. And it's it's something I really miss doing. It, it was something I would do for hours every day, which is part of why I'm injured.
2: <laughs> and yeah, is that the, do you know the cause of the nerve? Uh, compression you said nerve compression
0: yeah so it's it's from a whole bunch of things right um, of course. there could be some just like physiological stuff that like I, I couldn't have done anything about but some of it was from playing piano a little bit too much with no rests and like not great technique so yeah definitely something to look out for is technique <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah very I, I, important incredibly important I definitely uh could have done a lot better with that but then also weightlifting, long-distance cycling, cooking, typing, all, all kinds of stuff like that contributed to it, and and a, a neck thing that is still a bit of a mystery. Yeah, a bit of a, a swelling in my neck that pressed on that nerve. Not entirely sure what caused that, but it is it is actually getting better. So,
2: So something yeah. that's kind of... Karen actually had a fun anecdote about your yes. youth, and it kind of ties into how you... You're not afraid to like kind of do something that seems extreme to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You like have no idea because Korea told me this story, not you. So maybe Mm. there's okay. This could be factually inaccurate, (laughs) but Korea once told me that you would kayak in between your parents' houses. Is and this true? And for
2: the listeners, let's explain a little bit more of that, what the, or, or we can check if that's true first. Yeah, yeah, let's
1: make sure that's... It <laughs>
0: actually is. Yeah, so my, my dad lives in Port Coquitlam.
2: Port Coquitlam.
0: And, close. and my mom lives in Deep Cove. <laughs> so um, for
2: people who are not Vancouver-based, that is across the inlet, right? Across... The um, Burrard Inlet,
0: or uh, the Indian Arm, the so-called right. Indian Arm, yeah.
2: Right, so... A body of water. A not insignificant body of water.
1: No, it's definitely not. They're not close by. Not? Well, definitely not by driving, I guess. Maybe by kayak. Maybe, yeah, you're going, <laughs> going across can be. instead of...
0: That's actually that's actually quite true. It's it's not actually that far, but if you were to drive around it, it would take right. like an hour or something.
1: Right, not convenient.
0: Um, yeah, I, I I used to do that not not actually to visit my dad all the time, but I also had some friends in Port Moody that I'd go visit as well. And we'd I just kayak across back but it, it was one of those things where it didn't feel like a big deal just cuz it was so fun.
1: It's cuz you grew up in Deep Cove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> feel like that I I'm I'm assuming that was that's kind of the culture.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. The, I was definitely not like a hardcore deep cove kayaker compared mm. to the
2: like rest this, of the deep cove this people. This is nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Like growing up in Vancouver, there are a lot of people who do like pretty extreme sports yeah. or like extreme mm-hmm. versions of cycling, of paddleboarding, ki- uh, kayaking, sailing, rock climbing, like snowboarding, skiing. There's so many, so many sports, so many activities that can be on kind of an extreme level. So I guess for you growing up there maybe you felt like you are just kinda like part of the pack, like not necessarily yeah.
1: doing a crazy thing. Yeah. And when you're young, I mean you you don't really realize if anything is, you know, <laughs> abnormal or like not not the case or you know, for yeah. others. They just kind of
2: for someone like me who is only who's moved here as an adult and has only ever crossed that body of water via a bridge like via a vehicle i'm like whoa
1: that's crazy
0: i i would recommend trying it though it is it is fun really is it <laughs> yeah. a, it's a
1: nice kayak experience
0: it's yeah nice- if it's not raining and it's not mm. windy like on a nice day it's actually like super meditative nice. meditative yeah I, I feel like you can just experience something that you can't experience anywhere else totally. yeah
1: totally This really does, I mean, I think the anecdote, the point of that anecdote is to really highlight your, like, your ability to just kind of always be moving, always be pushing yourself and to, I mean, that's just, you know, a fun, a fun thing for you to to kayak across. But you know, it seems. I mean, and with your injury as well, that you really have a history of wanting to make the most of your time, make the most of your opportunities, and and um, of your experience, like your like experience using
2: mm-hmm. your body and like doing cool, exciting, fun things, or like making
1: cool, exciting work. Yeah, which is an amazing quality, but I'm guessing has some has some challenges built in do you find that trait of yours is something that you well one does that come very naturally to you that sort of yes he's nodding yes yeah
0: (laughs) um just the desire to just want to just be doing something all the time Mm -hmm. um yeah It's, it's definitely something that is just a core to who i am and it totally is is why i've been able to do some of the things that i'm like happy that I've done, but also it's the same reason why I've injured myself so many times and and walked away with uh, like a now chronic injury. Just because it it's for me at least it's easy to get swept up in the excitement of something or to get really kind of intensely focused on something until you you don't really know what the consequences or well until the consequences hit you.
2: <laughs> and listeners. That is is a Taurus. So, you know, no, hard worker, know, earth sign, <laughs> nose to the grindstone.
1: I would love to do one episode where we don't bring up astrology, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, now. it's the end of season. This is my season two thing. A little bit in season one
2: as well. But uh, but trust me, there's a method to the madness here because another Taurus trait is to be very nurturing be a a kind of a foodie and that definitely rings true for you you mentioned that cooking is your your other creative outlet like a way to kind of de-stress and we've karen and i have been able to enjoy some of your amazing cooking Korea is also a fantastic baker cook too. You guys make like some of the best yeah, food in the dinner, city, I'd yeah. like to say.
1: <laughs> Dinners at your place are the best. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and something that you definitely bring to your cooking is just that attention to detail that you bring to your music. Like you make so many things from scratch <laughs> and,
1: and just really authentic flavors. I feel, source, like, I feel like you source your ingredients. Mm-hmm. You'll, you put a lot of time mm-hmm. and planning into that aspect as well.
0: Yeah, I I mean I, I put a lot into it, more than more than I realize until like <laughs> after I look at my credit card bill and <laughs> <laughs> and also just see how many hours slip by. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it actually kinda started out as uh just a necessity, I'd say, just because I guess at, at home there was always food, like I I mean, my my family is really. I'm lucky to have uh, grown up in, in Deep Cove and like a a privileged neighborhood and everything. But my parents were always really busy, so they weren't wouldn't always necessarily cook. And when they did, it was great. But it you know there'd be quite a few days where we would just not have time to like make anything. So I just started making stuff at home when I was a teenager and they didn't really notice that I did that and it just I
2: you were just suddenly fed like oh great that's not hungry (laughs) yeah they they didn't really
0: notice and it was pretty funny I would like make a a massive pot of just like uh ragu (laughs) and they they wouldn't uh, I, I don't think they really noticed that I like cooked like like four pounds of beef <laughs> 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 then had that in the fridge and just ate that yeah. so yeah it, it kind of started out that way and it also was just a, a way of even though i spend a lot of money on ingredients i save a lot of money by not eating out because that could easily become my next hobby <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, yeah. when you
1: enjoy food to the level oh, yeah. that you do that is not cheap I mean, buying the ingredients is not cheap, but eating out to, at the, to get that experience.
0: Oh, yeah. I I have definitely spent a lot of money on restaurants. Yeah, you got to develop that palette. That. How are
2: you going to know <laughs> hey, how to yeah, recreate it? It's for research purposes.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I tell myself. R&D. Time. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a business expense. You can write those off. Yeah. For your, your side business now of cooking for yourself
0: <laughs> I'm I'm gonna just save that clip for the CRA yeah, and just tell them, yeah, Great. yeah please give me back all my money <laughs> but yeah anyway it's yeah it's definitely something that I find I, I can do to step away from things that stress me like cooking doesn't really stress me out at all which I I love <laughs> the That's fact nice. that it, yeah I can yeah I can that do must something be nice <laughs> oh yeah it's it it feels like I can I can kind of step away from whatever deadline is yeah. uh, I should be paying attention to, and
1: that's so important yeah. to have and to to find those outlets. I feel like it can be challenging to know where to put that energy mm-hmm. when you need that right or to even just acknowledge that you need that
0: (laughs) totally and and i think the nice thing is is it's food you need food so it's like the best excuse ever to like you know step away from the rest of your life and just be like okay yeah i well food is made like the most important thing that you can have in the day so yeah i'm gonna just devote a bunch of time to that
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah that's a smart one I might
2: again. I feel like we've because we've known each other a little while, and also because we spend time with Korea. Uh, I feel like I've gotten little like tidbits of information that I'm like not a hundred percent sure is true or not. But uh, something that I I think might be true is that you go through kind of phases where you like want to perfect a curry or like a specific type of curry, for instance. And mm. are you in a sp- uh, in a particular food phase right now, or is there something that's like exciting to you for? Uh- for to make, I mean, there were the pumpkin pies. Yeah, right. I think Fair enough, the pumpkin <laughs> pies. But anything else, like maybe something more like not a dessert, like a savory. meal. Yeah, or even a cuisine.
0: For the past year, it's been Indian food. Although I've always been interested in trying to make that taste more authentic, North North Indian food to be specific, like Punjabi food. Uh, lately, though, it's mostly been ice cream. So, like making ice cream. Yeah, wow. I just got an ice cream maker cool. and.
1: Ice cream party at Thad's. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I, I have a pint every night, and
1: wow, I think, a homemade.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a dream. It's dangerous. Have it's you used
2: <laughs> the monk fruit in in the ice cream? Oh yeah. Oh, wow, <laughs> really? That's that's why he looks like this, and 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 <laughs> has a pint, <laughs> and of, has ice a pint of ice cream every day. It, we'll it post photos.
1: Medical marvel. <laughs> Occasionally,
0: I do like make a full like you know just the, a pint of whipping cream, <laughs> <called> <laughs> sugar and cream cheese, and do
1: you feel yeah. like like there's cream no cheese. substitute you Whoa. can you can get pretty far but there's no substitute for the real thing
0: it's really hard yeah. it's really hard although like i think if you use mint like almost mm. on almost any like mint flavor can can be okay in a lower fat lower calorie ice cream Yay. and it, it tastes you know it hits it hits the spot Oh, that's good. That's good. We we got some. It's like just literally (laughs) meters away from you. Guys, I can't focus on this (laughs)
1: interview anymore because now that I know that ice cream, mint ice cream is in my presence.
2: I mean... It is about time for us to wrap up. Speaking up, <laughs> speaking up.
1: <laughs> no Not that this yeah. hasn't been great. <laughs> no, no. We'll continue oh, this conversation. the time. Yeah. Ice
2: cream, you say.
1: <laughs> we'll continue this conversation over ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, listener. That's
0: doable. We can just get all the ice cream sounds right
1: <laughs>
2: ASMR. So yeah. before we wrap up with our creative recommendations, um, because we started the top of the episode with your creative break, is there something that you're really looking forward to coming out of, out of this intentional break?
0: Yeah, so I... I Besides act-
2: the program, obviously, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and I guess with the program, that's, that's kind of up in the air in terms of what's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So what I've been focusing on lately is, well without actually doing anything, just kind of focusing on, uh, in terms of just planning for the future, is just writing some more, I would call it modern jazz music, that's the best label I can think of, that I had written for my quartet, or will write for my quartet. That was modern jazz music, I would say, is is kind of like the first thing I really got into composing before classical music. And I haven't really written a whole lot in a while. And I've kind of felt like maybe now's the time to get into that again. So I've applied for um, a few grants. I'm going to hear back from them within a couple months, hopefully. And if I can secure funding, I'm going to just go all in with that and try to write a bunch of new tunes and, yeah, hopefully make some new music. Yeah.
1: Nice. So sounds like great.
2: there's going to be a lot to kind of stay tuned and, and see what happens this year. Mm. sounds
1: like you've got a lot on the horizon. And Yeah, I can't wait to see what, what comes up. It's always so nice seeing your Instagram posts of your beautiful, you know, compositions. And it's very inspiring to see how hard you work and just getting those little snippets, but also inspiring to know about your break. I think that mm. is such an important thing to... For, for someone like you, who I imagine doesn't take any breaks, it's so, you know, it's so important to... It's to reassuring
2: for us who are <laughs> always, you <laughs> yeah, know, I'm struggling to push ourselves like, okay, Thad has to take breaks too sometimes. Yeah, okay,
1: it can't be that bad. No, <laughs> but oh. I, think, I think it is really important to talk about and to dispel the idea that you have to be constantly productive to totally to to just exist in this like creative space right
0: yeah I I think people should take more breaks if they can Mm -hmm. (laughs) and as as a general thing uh, taking breaks is incredibly important like I mean we all have to sleep at night in order to function the next day and we all have to we all have to you know exhale after we inhale we can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again, I, I don't think that's what, I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't
1: think yeah. that's what we're built for, right, yeah, as, totally. as humans.
2: And I know that like learning that the hard way with like an injury, for instance, is really not ideal. But I guess sometimes it does take those loud alarm bells to, for us to learn the lesson of slowing down and, and doing things differently, even if it's not stopping completely, like doing things differently
0: yeah we all just we have to work within the the boundaries of being a human and uh (laughs) and fully embrace that because that's that's what we are and we as cool as it would be to just be a instagram (laughs) youtube machine right (laughs) (laughs) or like just some crazy person like john williams who's just like super prolific i I bet you john williams has taken some breaks too i'm sure he has yeah
2: I don't think there's any way to have such a long-lasting career without taking that time, even yeah, just mental time, like we talked about in an epi- episode, <laughs> in an episode, episode, in an episode of uh, the incubation period. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: was really helpful for me to hear that idea of of the incubation period. Alex mentioned this in one of our previous episodes to me, who <laughs> again is struggling. <laughs> But the idea that it's part of the creative process, and like you were saying, you're it's important to not only accept but embrace that that's part of the process, it is what makes us human and what makes beautiful art. So, it is something to be embraced and like nurtured, as well as the creative output and that side
0: yeah, a bit of a a dichotomy that's like really, really necessary and often overlooked. Ah,
2: Totally. Uh, And so I guess that can be kind of our general creative recommendation. I'm going to ask you for for another one if you have one, but just from the three of us listeners, maybe consider your creative balance and what part of the creative process you're in right now. And maybe a break is calling. Maybe, Maybe it is time to sit back and look around and and just notice, you know, what's happening in your body, what's happening in your mind and maybe it is a great time for a break. Yeah. Thad, have you got any other creative recommendations you can give to our listeners?
0: I'll uh, give my um I guess my my most valuable tool in in writing has been going for really long walks or really long bike wi- bike rides. <laughs> really long bike rides. Just something where you are out in nature and you are just in an environment by yourself, ideally, where you can just let your mind wander, but also brainstorm and, and you know, practice being creative without anything to distract you or only with, you know, nature to inspire you.
1: Yeah, so. Or, you know, without putting things down, feeling the need to document sure. it. Right? I mean, that's that was a great tip for me. I definitely will be embracing that more, at least trying to embrace it more because I feel like when I am writing stuff, as soon as I hear it back, if I rec- record something and then hear it back, I'm immediately critical rather than just allowing myself to expand on the idea. Mm. It's it, it becomes overthinking, so... Yeah, yeah. And you're like already in that in
2: that editor process yeah. instead of like I'm just recording this. Yeah, just creating it, right?
1: Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, like wait, waiting like a long time to turn on the editor mode.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, trying to postpone that as much as you can. I was
2: actually I can't remember if I actually said going on long bike rides as a creative recommendation earlier in the season. I don't remember if I actually said it, but if I didn't, I wanted to because. One of the times that I am the most creative about this podcast is when i'm riding my bike and karen has received many voice notes from me
1: like in
2: traffic Like, like quick idea uh, yeah oh going down a hill bye
1: <laughs> that is all your creative ideas for this podcast i get and just br- like spurts of her just like pedaling yeah just out of breath
2: breathlessly <laughs> like,
1: okay just, just yeah. so i second that
2: creative recommendation yeah that's a good one and i do have one that's uh kind of inspired by my sister and apologies that this is going to be a little bit of a rant, but, um, or a bit of a tangent. I'm not, hopefully not going to be ranting at you. Um, But my sister made the observation that she doesn't really have friends that she plays with. And I think this is so true for adult friendships, adult relationships, where the time spent is, is enjoyable, but you're spending it like always just catching up with each other and just kind of like narrating your lives and there isn't as much play like joking around or, or even literal play like playing a game or or whatever it is and I thought that that was just a really lovely to kind of spin it to make the intention of play in your life important again. <laughs> um, prioritize I think, it. Yeah, prioritize it. And like preferably with other people because I think it's such a good way to feel connected and to mm-hmm. and to ex- just experience joy together. Like as as nourishing as it is to be in conversation, I mean, we would, wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It Yeah, is so fun to just play with people and to, to prioritize having fun. So that would be my creative recommendation is is even if it's just once a month, like setting aside intentional time for play Wow
0: that. yeah i'm I'm definitely using that. yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's excellent.
2: Cool. Yeah. And I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand with what Madeline was saying last week about living yes. a whimsical life or trying to think about whimsy.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very fitting with that. I think that's so important and so often relegated to the back of our minds. Yeah.
2: Or just like, you know, or, or, or not even yeah, like, if it happens great, but it's not something that we like actually really spend much time prioritizing at all. It's just like, oh, cool. If I have fun today, or if I feel joy, like, <laughs> Great. (laughs) We'll see. And I I noticed that, like, a lot of my, where I experience, kind of the only times I really experience play is either, like, joking around with a friend or with my boyfriend, and the biggest thing is playing with my cats, like, literally having to play. (laughs) Yes. And, like, I'm, like, laughing and smiling, and then I'll realize, like, oh, I didn't, like, really feel joy today. And that sounds really, like, a fucking bummer, (laughs) but... I think so many adults, like us as adults, I think that's so normal for us to like, you know, like be enjoying our lives well enough, but not literally feeling joy. Right. Not being
1: in that sort of present joyful mindset. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah. 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 And I just quickly want to, before we wrap up, restate my creative recommendation. Oh, yes, please. My creative thing of the week and my creative recommendation, which is the Laquila Coloring Book by Mo Patrick Barr. Please check it out. Nice. It's really cool. And I'm very proud of them. So.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see it. And of course, again, a reminder, listeners, go check out the show yes. notes. It'll be linked below. Thad's work will be linked below. Please mm. go check out his work Please and do. stay tuned to to the Insta for for the new pieces. Yeah, I mean, no pressure, no pressure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're ready. <laughs> Whenever <Yeah>. you're ready. <laughs> Get back to it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In, in a little bit. <laughs> in yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. isn't going up until mid November, so you know you got a
1: couple weeks to don't to Paul, put a, don't some... put a date yeah. on it, guys. <laughs> you're fine. Whatever, you're fine. <laughs> We're patiently <Yeah>. waiting. Exactly. <laughs> with ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just say with.
0: You know what? I'll cream. I'll post pictures of the ice cream. Yeah. That, yeah. All the listeners can check out that. Yes. <laughs> that <Perfect>. sounds great.
2: <laughs> Alright, and with that, this has been Vicarious. I'm Alex. I'm Karen. I'm Thad. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.